welcome to episode 183 of the Locometa. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. John, how's it going tonight, man? Not too bad. Repeating, I don't know if it counts as creepypasta or what, but... <laughs> <laughs> like, it technically is, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it technically counts as, man, but... But basically, for everyone other, John's been reading what S- uh, SCP Foundation is that what it's called or something? Or yeah, which is just a giant collection of people writing about things that don't exist in an extremely realistic manner. Yeah, extremely detailed manner. <laughs> yeah, but... which is really entertaining, actually. But yeah, it's it's incredibly interesting. But problem is my personality type of. I rabbit hole everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> means, you know, I have the Wikipedia problem where at one point I had like eight pages open for things that I was going to read. Yeah. <laughs> uh, keep, keep having to stop myself from clicking on more, or eventually I hit a point where nothing references other things, and I'm just like, okay, good, I can. Okay, good. Uh, we can we can now just <laughs> just walk away. Just walk away. Uh... But like earlier today, I was literally like, "Oh, you know, I can, I should go get food and eat something." And then two hours later, I'm still reading. And you're like, "Gosh, I'm kind of hungry. I should probably (laughs) stop reading." Uh, My God. (laughs) But I mean, that's how it is, though, and stuff. You know. I mean, you know, before we were going, I was saying, you know, comparing it to saying it's fan fiction because I think it. Is in kind of a way, but like, and then comparing that to like RPGs and being like, what's the difference between these kind of thing? But mm. which I don't think there's much of one, especially something like that. Uh, like, there's not much of one, but I think there is a difference. Like, in I think one of the quotations criteria for fan fiction is like usually they're you're like tying it into something mm-hmm. that exists within that realm mm-hmm. so like i guess you could argue that any game you run in like waterdeep is technically fan fiction since waterdeep is like a big thing i'd but make it's that like, argument like it's much it's much less of a solid this is fan fiction than if you're like oh you're gonna run into dritz door dinner or some shit yeah it's, it's like, one oh, of those like there's like this gray area kind of thing almost. Yeah. It's but, like, oh this is you know, you're gonna go on a mission with Elmister. It's like, yeah. alright. Alright, I guess we're we're doing this thing. And then the whole world died because that's the power level of Elmister. I'll trust you. I haven't read any of those things and I really don't want to. I've literally only ever read one of his books, but you know. I know of him enough that it doesn't matter. <laughs> In yeah. the in the official D and D like third edition released uh, Forgotten Realms campaign setting, they give you a stat block for everyone, mm-hmm. or like all the big name people, so you could play them if you wanted to. And Elmister mm-hmm. was like the highest level out of everything in that book. Hmm. I mean, I guess you know, not surprising. I mean, someone has to be the top, right? So yeah, it's like, whatever. <laughs> all right. <laughs> But like, like that stuff kind of would fit the the mold, I guess, per se. Like the thing where I get is like, so 
like all right we're gonna go back to some back to the dead horse since the the dead horse is still laying there but like suppose we're playing in tim's world serata yep you know and i mean i wrote a big thing about one of my characters like is that you know fan fiction for lack of a better term i mean the quality of it was definitely on that level of low level <laughs> fan fiction but like see stuff like that i don't think it is because for if someone wrote a story about anzi and it wasn't you mm-hmm. that's that's anzi fan fiction okay you are not writing like you are the creator of anzi and everything about anzi okay so as a result of that, you know, like... But you... I didn't create any of the world that she lives in. Well, no, but she she has also been put in multiple worlds. I mean, yeah, but, like, I'm talking about that iteration. Of, I've, I, yeah, I've put that character in literally every setting I have ever played. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> just, just... And the thing is, it's not like, yes, she was on the world of Serata. Nothing that happened in your story about her has to do with Serata. I don't even think you mentioned her god in there. In the story. In her story? I don't think you did, at least. Yeah. Like, just, I, I mean, like, are you talking about the character in general? or, or... In the story you wrote about Anzi. Um, like, I don't think... I've, I've, here's the thing. I've written a few. <laughs> okay. Well, the one um, that I actually read... A pre, there's actually a pre and a post one, so... All right. And the one I read, like, in, like nothing in that story was specific Serata-based. It was just, like, Anzi existing, right? I mean, kind of, I guess. It was, it was set in a, in a city there, and, you know, intentionally, it, it referenced back to the... One of them referenced back to, you know, the um, previous events of the story. Like, it kind of referenced back to the previous events of the story, and, like... You know, yeah, and stuff, but so I, I guess <laughs> if someone like writes a story about themselves being accepted to Hogwarts, is that fan fiction if they never encounter any of the famous people from Harry Potter? That's see, that's what I'm wondering too, or if it's like you have something happening in the Star Wars universe, but you never, you know, visit any of the main characters. Because like, normally, when you think of fan fiction, you think of something going on with the big main characters, right? Yeah. Like, not... here's the deal: the My Little Pony game I want to run is is total fan fiction because you run into at least two main characters in the, or not main characters, I guess, but like major characters in the world. My favorite part is none of us will know who they are. I mean, it's, the game's literally built around the two characters. I know it's just funny because like no one would know anything about any of them except you. You'd be, right. you'd be, we got to do our like, homework, guys. We're gonna watch like, three seasons of My Little Pony. You would name, <laughs> name drop a pony, and everyone would be like, "All right, who is this?" <laughs> yeah, I'm not really name dropping any characters from the show, though. So yeah, but but they're mm-hmm. back to the actual topic at hand. Mm-hmm. The whole like topic at hand in air quotes. Sorry. Yeah, like. <laughs> I don't I don't think writing a story about like, you know, 
you don't you're not going to write a story about someone being a moisture farmer and the trials and tribulations of everything that they go through in their life uh really <laughs> but you're not going to post that on like a star trek fan fiction site be like oh my god guys check out my fan fiction because <laughs> I, I think you seriously overestimate people. <laughs> I don't think that's ever been said to you. But <laughs> uh, I only overestimate people when I expect them to be better. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, but. <laughs> so. I don't know. Like, I, it's one of the, it's it's super fun. Disagree, but like, I mean, obviously, when we're thinking about it, we're thinking about like, you know, the stories about stuff, and it's like you're intersecting with major characters or major things in the universe, the plot. Yeah. Like, so, like, I feel like in your Harry Potter example, like, that would be like, would pass my fuzzy bar for fan fiction much easier because. If you if you go to Hogwarts, like that is such a central and iconic place for the world mm-hmm. that it just kind of makes it click in. Like it, it's like it's basically like going to like it's basically like meeting a main character in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's like, fair. You know, and with you know, as with like if you were just like Harry Potter universe, but you never go there. You're just like in the real in the you know the normal world, like. That would be kind of different and everything, you know. But yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's. Uh, I don't know how we got here because we kind of had a quick conversation about it. But. Where where does my moisture farmer and the, the the a day in the life of a moisture farmer fan fiction qualify uh, for fan it, fiction? That that lands solidly in the really fuzzy gray area. <laughs> like I don't know. Purely because I said the word moisture farmer. I mean, yeah, because that's like something. I don't know. It probably you, is because you could just be. You could just be know. like, "Oh, this is a day in the life of a water purification specialist." Water purification specialist. And then, like, <laughs> and then at the end of the story, you're just like, "And that Plot was my, that was my day on Tatooine," and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh my god, I sat through this whole goddamn thing for it to be a piece of trash fan fiction. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was a topic we covered, I guess. <laughs> real, real talk, though. Okay. Real talk, right? All right. If you're going to be a moisture farmer, don't do it on Tatooine, the literal desert planet. Do it on whatever that super damp, misty planet is that they're on at the beginning of Rogue One. Because you will find remember what that is. so much. I don't even know what the name of it was. All I know is that it was just wet looking. <laughs> like you, I think you the won't... reason there's moisture farmers on Tatooine is because like they need to get water there and they're not shipping it in. But the thing is, he is also a moisture farmer on that planet. On the super damp, wet planet, uh, he's a moisture farmer. Maybe, maybe they're exporting there. That's my thing, right? Like, it's clearly, there's some water exportation going on. He's just. I like, mean, maybe like I don't know. I don't know. I let's, let's be real. There is too many living things on Tatooine 
for moisture farming a desert to be viable. There has to be the importation of water. Maybe, but like, I don't know. I I do not know about the 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 moisture economics of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> I'm sure somebody does, but <laughs> I would be. Uh... Big moisture is putting uh, small farmers out of business. <laughs> so that's a that's the real reason why they're like the moist they're moisture farmers, but they don't really get money. They just use the moisture to trade with the Jawas because the Jawas don't mind their own moisture. And then that's where they get their money to buy their products. They literally only they don't. It's not like a normal like you know American farmer where you like harvest thousands of tons of corn and sell it on like the mass market right they're you're like just... here's some here's a milk jug of water <laughs> yeah here's a milk jug of water i want that droid <laughs> uh, okay sure we've got our like head cannon for this and stuff <laughs> i am actually extremely interested in this now and I don't know why. You're, this is going to be your new Wikipedia rabbit hole. You're going to go to like <laughs> Wiki, Wiki, uh, Wikipedia, Wikipedia and yeah. check it out and everything. And How does moisture farming work? <laughs> uh, so like this is like completely tangential but I just said the word headcanon and something like that. But, so I read this somewhere else. I've just and I have. I don't think anybody else has like used this uh, or realized me using this. But I kind of have like a secret and stuff. That, so in like gaming and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like humans are always designed to be the baseline class. You know. Yep. Uh, I actually have kind of a air quotes special skill for. Um, for humans, and that I developed basically from somebody else's headcanon about Star Trek. So, like, this is completely off topic, but um, so the question was posed: They're like, you know, oh, these like you have like Vulcans who are like you know super logical, and like Klingons who are super tough. Like, they're like, what are humans? And people are like, well, you know, they're just the average baseline. And somebody's like, no, no. The the actual skill that humans have is that they are super friggin' lucky. So if you think about like Star Trek or something like that, like they pull up aside like you know a Vulcan ship and the Vulcan ship's like, oh no, something broke on her ship and it blows up. And the Enterprise is like, oh no, something broke on our ship, and like one of the humans is like, I'll fix the engine, and it slingshots them halfway across the universe into another dimension. Like, and that yeah. stuff is constantly happening. Like, <laughs> if you look at it, like anytime a human gets involved, instead of um, something like completely like the bad thing happening, it's like something completely bizarre happens, and and the situation just goes completely out of control. So I've actually started using that as my thing for like a lot of, or I've been trying to sneak that in for situations in games where like, you know, you walk up and like, you know, the elves are doing something or whatever like that. And it just kills them or something like that. But when a human gets involved, something completely bizarre happens. Hmm. (laughs) 
isn't there isn't there a system that we played where like humans actually do get like extra luck uh, like the luck skill don't shadow run yeah, like Shadowrun. They, they get extra edge, yeah. Yeah, you get, you get extra edge if you're a human. Yeah, I actually included like, in a little bit from that, too, and stuff. Like, yeah, they actually get extra edge, which is which is what I, I like that, too. Isn't... I could have sworn there was another game was also Earthdawn we played. Like Maybe? Because, like, is luck a skill in Earthdawn? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel remember. like... It's been so long since we played Earthdawn. I feel like there's some other game we played also where, like, the humans get, like, an extra D6 for luck. Like that's just an innate thing that they have. I mean, that sounds like an Earth Done thing, but yeah. Or maybe I don't know. I know I know Shadowrun does it. Yeah, because because they they literally get an extra point of edge, and they're and they're like like none of their like uh, actual stats, you know, can be increased beyond or are like like the standard ranges. Mm-hmm. They don't get any, but except for edge is one I think where they can increase it higher. Yeah, their edge can be maxed out at seven. Everything else maxed out at six. Yeah, whereas other character, other class uh, races have it like slightly different. But see, that's the real reason why when I play Shadowrun characters, I normally don't put a lot of points into edge because mm-hmm. I don't believe in luck. Except for you, you're a lucky bastard. Sometimes, but... maybe I'm just <laughs> maybe I'm just playing well enough to get lucky, man. Maybe. Uh, it's funny i go back and forth on that whole like thing you know that concept and stuff because like i'm one of those people that's like yep the the entire world and everything about it is built like like i process things in rpg terms Mm. every every action's outcome is determined by two things your skill plus your luck and like Skill is something you can control in the static, and luck is just well, things happen. You know, like is either too complex to process, so it's effectively luck, or is just literally sheer randomness. You know, and like, I just I don't know. Like, it's weird because looking at the world in that way actually just like makes it easier to process some things. You know, mm-hmm. but like, and and also process where like because like you know variants should level out at some point. Mm-hmm. And like, you could like it actually makes it easier to look at stuff and be like, oh yeah, like, you know, this thing is like super unfair because it's like even if you have you know, like there's so many like penalties affecting the skill portion of it and stuff like that that the luck piece can't even pick it up, or like the you know it, it's throwing it so far out of whack kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's an interesting way of looking at things, but. I like I like luck as a skill in games personally. I'm, I mean, I guess you got you guess you don't well, agree. Well, because like luck is interesting to quantify in games because for all intents and purposes, yep. we're already quantifying it every time we roll a die. I mean that that's what we're. I mean that's what you're doing is you're taking. You know your your stat, your skill, which is how good you are at something, and then adding randomness to it to see where things land, basically. Yeah, but then you then you also have the whole thing like in Shadowrun where you can add more luck to it yep. by edge. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then, like you're both doing your IRL luck in addition to your character's 
pseudo luck. It's it's adjust it's adjusting the level of luck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. I mean, magic does it. Yeah. I mean, putting a certain number of card in a deck is adjusting luck. You know. I only can think of one time I've ever really used Edge in Shadowrun, now that I think about it. it was was when... it so you didn't just flat out die? <laughs> uh, it was when I was flying the, the airplane. And, and then you had to... <laughs> and you shot a missile at us. <laughs> and I was like, alright. Good old times. I Because I think my, that character's luck was only like two or three or yeah. some shit. So it's just like whatever extra dice is extra dice at this point <laughs> you might as well not die <laughs> uh, like i feel like yeah you like my brother is one of those people like, he he'll turn into like the the luck character like crazy oh uh, he he loves like just taking a character and putting all of his points into edge i mean that's literally what chuck was built off of that character yeah, in in i'm pretty sure in both games yeah, in both games, because in the in, in um, Cortex, he had a bunch of perks and stuff that like affected his luck. Yeah, I think, and and affected his like uh, action points and stuff is what it was. Mm-hmm. Like he was basically just an action point character, was all. <laughs> yeah, and he's in like in Shadowrun, like he had no skills besides that. So like to, yeah. Ma- yeah. to max out any skill, or max out any attribute in Shadowrun takes a shit ton of points. Oh yeah, and I think he I think he maxed out his edge. Yeah, he had seven edge. His entire <laughs> his entire premise was I have maximum edge and I have like rank one or two and a bunch of other random bullshit. Yeah. Like he had rank one I one or two in pistols mm-hmm. and rolled more dice than I did when he shot at someone. Because he'd <laughs> use his luck. He like he'd always use his edge. Yep. It's like Hey man, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. <laughs> yeah. It was excessive. Yeah, I like I like that. I think that's a, a a fun fun thing to like. Depending on the game, you know, like yeah. I think I think a lot of games it works really well if you include that. But there's some, I suppose, where you want to minimize that extra variance sort of thing. But I mean, the, the thing though in Shadowrun is like the more points you have in Edge. <laughs> the more it incentivizes you to have more points in edge. True. Because, like, you know, you get an additional dice pool equal to your modifier, and you get additional uses, or not equal, yep. you're equal to your total, and you get additional uses equal to your total. So, yep. you know, like, the difference between having a six edge or a seven edge is literally are you rolling six dice six times or seven dice seven times? Yeah. You know, and, that's, and that does matter. That's a whole other test, you know. Yeah, uh, thirty-six to forty-nine additional dice. Like that's yeah, a right. ton of extra dice. <laughs> yeah, that is. But I've never thought about it in the the math way, just because I don't do that. I mean, like like I said, it only really matters once you go to the major extremes, right? Because you know, yeah, you I mean, like, like, yeah, if you're at what, like, so you start out at one, you're rolling what one dice one time, so you're rolling one. Yep. And at two, you go to four, right? Two dice, yeah. two times? Yep, and then three is nine, so it's like, you know, mm-hmm. four to nine is noticeable, but it's not, like, as impactful. Mm-hmm. You know, like, adding two or three, like, the difference between adding two dice to roll and three dice to roll is almost, 
negligible. It's like, yeah, you just yeah. anything extra dice you roll. Sure, whatever, yeah. right? Like, once, once you start you hitting just... three, that starts getting real, man. Yeah, but when, once you're like, yeah, I'm going to add seven additional dice to this roll. Yeah, like, that's, that's the, like literally the outcome of an entire test. Yeah, like, there, there are people that's like, like doubling your dice pool. <laughs> yeah. And using edge means you don't get critical failures, right? Or can you still get mm, I think you can. I mean, even mathematically speaking, just rolling that many dice makes it so difficult to do so. Yeah. I think you... Uh, yeah, I think... I mean, it reduces your chance of getting a critical failure just through probability, because you're rolling extra dice. But I think... If, I'm trying to remember if the rules work like that. I think you actually get a bigger penalty if you get a critical failure. Yeah. Because... Yeah, because it's just, like, super bad luck then. <laughs> so, <laughs> where, where were those rails now that we're like way off completely out of sight of them <laughs> uh, I don't remember what we, were... Oh, we were talking about moisture we're just, farming we're just grab bagging stuff today man we're just, we're just hitting it like... <laughs> so, so 100% right if you're a moisture farmer <laughs> you 100% pee into that receptacle right I mean, you gotta. I mean, I don't know if you pee into the receptacle, but like, here's the deal: you're not letting that go to waste. <laughs> like, I mean, right? Not, I'm not. I'm not saying like directly into this. This is my yeah, purified water, like, like, but, but like, there has to be something oh, yeah. nearby that's just gonna like refine that into water again. Yeah, there has to be. Like, there's no way you don't, because otherwise you're just literally yeah. pissing money away. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, tattoo gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But uh, so I was gonna ask you another tangential gaming-related topic that doesn't involve, you know, moisture farming. But because we kind of kick, we were kind of kicking stuff back and forth before, just like dumb stuff we were chatting about. But like, so you know, um. I've been I've been watching because apparently I'm a giant tool and also behind the times because I finally got around to it. But uh, one of the streamers I watched has been, did some Among Us streams. Oh, and so it's a yeah. game about you know it's a game about uh, it's an adversarial game about with a trader mechanic kind of thing. Yeah, and um uh, obviously like a game like that is different. But like so, have you ever considered adding a trader mechanic to or like using a like you know an adversarial having an adversarial party or having a traitor in a party or something like that to one of your games? I have, but I don't remember what it was about. Like, because I distinctly recall thinking of the idea and I'm just, and I was going to talk to you about it because I wanted you to be like, I wanted you to be the traitor. Are, are you saying something about me? Uh, you're fr you would probably be the best at hiding it. <laughs> like, fair enough. Because obviously, the person who's going to be the traitor would need advanced knowledge of what's going to happen, right? They need. Eh, I don't know if they need advanced. They need some knowledge of something. They, they need, need some special knowledge. Yeah, they need some special knowledge. And I, I, I think at the time you were someone who would have the best ability to not let it warp your role playing. I think I would be good at it. I'll say that. Like you could just kind of to be a little self-centered and conceited here. Yeah, I think I would be good at it. I'm. I'm not even saying that you would be a good 
at being a dick because we already know you are. Oh yeah, and I mean that too. But I think I would be good at playing a yeah playing like, a traitor like, in the game. Like you, you need the comp- the compartmentalization aspect of it, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to be like, yeah, I'm not gonna. I know this information. I'm not going to let it affect my mm-hmm. character in this regard. Yeah. Now, I've but. considered doing a couple games with that before, and actually, one of the one of the ways I thought was super interesting of doing it was um uh, the the person that's the traitor knows they're the traitor, but um the GM does traitor does the traitor's actions basically. Like, so to clarify that because it sounds really really like weird and funny. So the example, I, I was listening to a podcast one time and they were talking about doing this and D&D game. So we played with like a GM screen and um, so they're playing a, D, a, a D&D game with um, one of the players was a traitor. And but, but the way he did things is so he had the GM screen up and to track initiative, what they did is they had like little clothespins with each person, like marked with each person. And so he would they, they would order that on the GM screen to mark initiative. And constantly throughout the whole, always, he would fiddle with those and move them around and stuff like that. And so whenever he, he, would, he would narrate something basically being like, oh, um, somebody, you know, stole all your supplies or sabotaged this or something like that. And when he, when he narrated, basically said so, something happened like this, he would take and move one of the things all the way over to the edge of the GM screen or put it in a certain position so that the trader player knew that they did that thing. And then they would play around that. Hmm. Interesting. Well, like, that's the thing. Like, you can't have, you can't have a trader that is overtly a trader. Right? Oh yeah, you can't. Because, like, here's the thing. You have effectively played with pseudo trader mechanics in your games. You have ran games with them. Like your apocalypse game or whatever it was called. It was like, kind of, oh yeah, that was like a pseudo trader mechanic. It was it was pseudo like he wasn't they weren't it wasn't designed with the concept of a trader in mind, but for all intents and purposes, your brother was literally demon possessed. I mean and... keeping my brother from not being a traitor is like sometimes yeah, hard yeah. depending on the Keep, game I'm running. Keeping your brother from not shooting people in the back is a really difficult action because he if I didn't know better, I'd say he was in like as his personality was like extremely self-centered and douchish. Which he's <laughs> not. He very much is not. Like I guess. I don't know. <laughs> 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 At least from all of my experience with him. No, no, right? no, 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 yeah, like, I'm joking. He's yeah. he's a much better person than I am. Yeah. <laughs> so like you have like but when he plays games, he loves betraying people. Like yeah. if you if you give him Faustian pact, he will accept it. He loves that. Oh god, you, does he you love it? Be like, you'd be like, alright, here's the deal, right? Alright, you give me your soul and I'll give you the Snickers and he'd be like, Man, I'm really hungry. Yeah, he'd be like, <laughs> that guy, that's a good goddamn Snickers deal. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, and, a... <laughs> and I said it as a joke sometimes, too, but I think sometimes like his thing, too, is, is pushing in that direction because it's like, you can't have you can't have a redemption if you stay on top the whole time. Yeah. You know, like, you need to push in those directions to um, uh, kind of to to go somewhere so that you can go upwards. I mean, and that's kind of the natural progression of a story is to, is to to get down 
to the bottom and then come back up. And that's why I wrote Jass very specifically as his thing is that he would keep going down and keep going down. And then you think he's going to go back up and then he'd go down more. But <laughs> like, that was to, kind of the circumvent that thing. That was kind of the thing with your brother, too, though. Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, so he. I think he would have turned, he might have turned it around at some point. Otherwise, he, maybe he just would have gotten killed. But I mean, maybe he would have turned it around in the Apocalypse game. Mm-hmm. But, like, so look back to the Araclaw game. His literal at last act as a oh, yeah. living character before <laughs> I stabbed him in the throat was to try and stab me. <laughs> yeah, true. But right? to be fair, you were a traitor. He, so was he. <laughs> <laughs> we were traitors for the same cause. Was he on your side? Yes. Hmm. He was literally part of my revolution. Oh, okay. I didn't remember that. I, I don't remember how some people fit into there. I just yeah, know, like, everybody died. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, he, so he was the one who convinced the king to give me, like, a small army to try and go and oh, murder, yeah. murder my family. Because you guys went to the actual, the, the duke, actually. Yeah, of we the went, whole of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, we went to the actual yep. ruler of the Bisclav Rat, and we're like, "So here's yep. the deal. Here's the deal. My These father people are traitors. Yeah. yeah, yeah, My father is traitor to you, so I need your help so I can be a traitor to him. I forgot about it. Yeah, that was, <laughs> we got we had some politics and going there. We did. Uh, and then um, he wasn't really a traitor, but he was kind of a dick in the Team Three game. A little bit. I don't think he wasn't a traitor by any means. No, like at no point did he like he I think argued with my character because my character was all about the whole like getting the job done. And then mm-hmm. his character was like, it is our job to conquer these people. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. And and he used them as a labor force, and I'm just like, let's just get the job done. <laughs> you know, that was more like a butting of heads rather than an actual traitor mm-hmm. mechanic. And then I cut his arm off. Well, I half cut his arm off. It was it's funny. Half it's, cut off. The funny thing is, is that he, is that we played two games in that universe, and neither of his characters have survived with both arms. Yeah. <laughs> like, even in the once again, not intentional. His character did shoot me in the back in the 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 first game in that universe. Did he? Was it just? Yeah. Just it was the, a, he, he, the, the situation. He, the a die roll a ter- like he rolled all oh, ones. okay oh, he rolled okay. he rolled all ones when he was behind me so he shot me like <laughs> he like three round bursted just me in like the back fired you in the back yeah <laughs> but like it didn't do enough damage to injure me because we were armored and all that shit right like oh yeah because I had to tweak the armor in that yeah. game then because you guys were dumb yeah because it was like all right so he like shot me in the back and I survived it and he like he played it off as we got ambushed he didn't admit to shooting me in the back. Yeah. <laughs> and it's then okay. he, he got he got his. <laughs> and then he goes to throw the grenade to, you know, stop with the ambush and blew his arm off. Yep. <laughs> I love how that one too, I was gonna be like, oh he takes it and he's like, no, I lose my arm. I'm like, yeah. uh... you're, like you're like, oh you're you know, you're like missing like one or two fingers, your hands all boy's like, no, my arm's gone. It's yeah, like, and we're like, alright, I guess, man. I ain't gonna argue with that. <laughs> He always, yeah, he was just always like mutilate my character, but no. Yeah. Violently, uh, as violently as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but... See, I don't, I don't think the armor was that imbalanced in that game. It was, Dude, it was dumb. 
Well, if because because we actually got our asses kicked. Because you had oh, to. Because we didn't finish the game because we were too beat up to do the second half. You're like you're, you're right. Like, yeah. You didn't feel like just sending us off to die immediately. Yeah, because you actually you guys actually survived that whole thing because you guys got medevaced. Yeah, and then the and then the nuke happened. Mm-hmm. But like, wasn't the entire thing in that in that where you got to roll an armored dice and that reduced the damage? So I think part of him Was shooting it? me. In, Gosh, I, I think remember. so. I think I just got really lucky on my roll. Maybe I, I think... can't remember what it is because because I remember I did the armor for that thing and I'm like, oh, I'm like, this is way too good. But yeah, because like I think it was he because he shot me in the back, rolled terribly on both accounts, and I like rolled okay to not actually die when he shot me in the back. Can't recall. So yeah, I don't remember exactly okay. either. That was a long time ago. <laughs> like I think I only took like one or two damage from it. Was like mm. the big thing. Because I was, like, the least damaged of the group when all was said and done. Hmm. Obviously, he was the most damaged because he was literally missing an arm. <laughs> literally missing an arm. Uh... Yeah, that was a game. Man. We really need to figure out a way to start gaming again. We do. Like I like, I mean, I like playing, you know, games all together and stuff like that, but I would really not mind doing some tabletop. Air quotes. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny that you bring up Among Us, because I've actually thought about Among Us. Oh, really? And I've thought about bringing up the group, like, oh, hey, you guys want to play? Well, the thing is, you need ten people, and our group isn't that big. Yeah. But I was like... I mean, you could pug it with people, too, or something, but... I am firmly of the belief that playing Among Us would be terrible for you. We would because we all... Because, like, basically it's like the first time you find a body, it'd be like, alright, well, Fletcher out. Yeah. It could be, <laughs> like, be your body, and like, guys, it was Fletcher. He's clearly playing us. He's clearly... Like, <laughs> like, Fletcher is clearly sus. But yeah. he's dead. He's clearly sus. Yeah. I want that body out the airlock right now. <laughs> yeah, get it out. Vote out the body. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think I could because it's like the, there is so much tension between that and not wanting to vote out wrong people to some degree. So, like, yeah, but sometimes you just gotta go for the greater good, you know? Yeah, it's like in that Frostpunk game you played where you just sometimes had to eat the bodies. Like, voting you out the airlock is just the best option. Like, straight up. Never ate the bodies. I don't think. <laughs> It's I did fertilize the, crops with them. It's just the best option. And fed people sawdust. And used child labor. Why wouldn't you just fertilize with the sawdust and eat the bodies? Sawdust is, sawdust is not good for fertilizing. That was at a different time. Do you, you use sawdust because it makes you, uh, you get more food, more cooked food out of your raw food because you can cut it, cut it with sawdust. Yeah, but everybody knows you you do soup instead because that just makes it go further too. But I mean, does it? Ma- I suppose it makes them more full, which is the more important thing than their actual nutritional value. So yeah, and that's what it, that's what it is. Whereas soup, there's not as much nutritional there's not as much nutritional value, and they get so they get like unhappy about it. Mm-hmm. But 
um, you get more food out of it. But then once you unlock Moonshine, that makes him happy, so you're all set. And then you can work him to death once you unlock Cocaine. <laughs> but you actually can do that in the game? Yeah, you un you can unlock Cocaine pills and you spike their food with it, and it makes them work faster, but then like just people just die. <laughs> Yeah, and then more fertilizer for more food. Perfect. This circle of life. <laughs> the city must survive, John. <laughs> exactly. The The moon base must survive. Throw Fletcher out the airlock. <laughs> I, I'd play the game, though. I, like, I'm trying to think how many people we could get if we could get enough people. Like We have our, group, our gaming group, so that's, what, four people? Yeah. And then we could possibly get... I think we can get the Dan, two Dans. Dan and Dan is my thought, so that's what, five, yeah. six. Maybe Richie is seven. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if he has a PC to play it on. Oh, true. So Chanel doesn't have, like, an extra laptop or anything for him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it probably does. I but. can't imagine that game is taxing. I, can't, I mean, it was made, what, like, from, like, 2018 or something, or older or something like that, but I don't know. We'd probably, I don't know, maybe we'd figure it out. I wouldn't mind doing something like that sometime. Like, I think that would be a good time. But honestly, though, as I said, tabletop is where I want to get. But, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've actually, like, I've got, like, that one game actually, like, moving forward that I really want to do it and everything. But, like, I, I think I have a good idea for it and have, like, a start and an end point and for that vampire game that I talked about. But. Oh, well, that's good. And the nice thing is, is it could be episodic, so because it's broken into such distinct chunks, you know? But. So you, you say that you have a start point and an end point, but mm -hmm. for me, I always have a start point and an end point, and I never know the middle, and that's where I reach my roadblock. I think the I mean, the middles, middles just happen. Like this, this is not like that. But um, uh, the the thing I run into is I, I a lot of times I will have just a part, not even necessarily beginning or an end or whatever or something like that. I'll just have a chunk of it that I want mm -hmm. to do, and I have to figure out where that chunk fits, and then build, make sure I have a beginning and an end. Um, some some games don't need ends. This one needs an end, I think, just mm -hmm. because of how it's built. Um, and it really needed a beginning, and especially since you're going through. Like you're going through decades and stuff like that, or different periods of time. Like, I'm like, okay, I have a concept where I want to do it. It's like, where do I want it to start? Oh, I know where I'm going to have it start here. And then it's like, okay, how do I tie this concept in with something like hundreds of years later? You know, like, it's like that whole thing is just like insane to th like to to think about stuff like that because I didn't know where it was going to end up, mm -hmm. but. Now I have it, so it's all good. And it makes some amount of sense. Barely. See, so you <laughs> say that middles just happen, but from my experience, like, I have, I always feel like when I, at least when I'm running D&D games, mm -hmm. I always just kind of, like, reach, like, a dead end where it's like, I don't know how to get you to where I need to get you anymore. Hmm. And, like, the way I run games, I feel like, I feel like there's an expectation on me to bring people to where they need to go. They don't just end up there, which obviously, you know, I'm the GM. It's kind of my job to bring them where they need to go. Yeah. But I, I was just like, feel like I hit a brick wall there. See, my methodology yep. is like, depending on the on the game and stuff like that. It's like, okay, I know where I'm, I know where I can start, and I know where I need to get. 
And I'm like, well, what's a good way to start getting down that path? And it's like, if you guys, if, if I can have one thing after the start to have you guys fixate on something, I can just keep running with that and just keep kind of steering that thing and keeping that carrot dangled in front of you. And that like kind of is what pushes it forward. Yeah. I think my one exception for that was my gang game. I literally have no end in mind. Mm -hmm. I just have a bunch of middle. A bunch of middle. That game was like solid middle. <laughs> it's like, it's oh, like, that game was fun, man. I liked this, it. This is the, like the starting is this is who you are, and we're just going to see where you go. Yeah, we're just going to see where you go. Eventually, you're all going to end up in body bags. Probably. None of you have died yet, which is nice. No. Which is pretty crazy, but who was it that got the sledgehammer through the ribcage? Uh, like Christina's character? Or was oh no, it was Christina's character? Because I was um, uh, I think I was hanging out with her at one point. Oh, well, because like, you making sure she didn't like die. <laughs> you guys like you were quotations hired to go after the muscle, which was yeah a actual attempt by a. Humanus Polis guy to just try and get a bunch of orcs to murder each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> Rich, Richie, Richie crashed the van into the <laughs> troll, and the troll turned out get, or the van got the worst of it. Yeah. And uh, I remember the leader just like lifted up his hammer and just like smashed it down on someone yeah. who went through the windshield and landed at his feet. Yeah. I think I got away pretty good. Yeah. You just got scared shitless. I mean, were, I'm a freaking kid. <laughs> you're, you're the one who was still conscious, which means you were the one that he spoke to. Yeah. Which went relatively well for you. I mean, I think I talked him out of not murdering us. I mean, to be fair, he didn't want to murder you in the first Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like that's what it is, too, and stuff like that. Like, he had at least enough of a soul to not want to kill a kid. Or multiple kids, for that matter. Yeah, basically. But, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Oh, I remember now what I was going to do. I actually do have, like, a, a thread that was, like, the the, sto the storyline going through that. Besides all the mm -hmm. random bullshit you guys want to put yourself through. Oh. Like... There's like no chance we ever play that game again, right? I'd love to play that game again, but I don't know. We'd have to we'd, see. We'd need Richie again, wouldn't we? Yeah, and I don't know if we'll get that. I suppose we don't need Richie, but it would feel weird to play it without Richie. Yeah, I feel like he was a very integral part of that game. Yeah, but, just like um, the um uh, the Pathfinder game that I want to finish. He would like he. I feel like he was an integral part of that one. But yeah. like that's one of those games where it's like I kind of want to like spill the beans on it to some degree, but. Yeah, like the because my the story that you guys were gonna go through were so like obviously you were sicked mm -hmm. on the muscle, yep. the muscles like not putting up with your bullshit anymore. Yeah, and let you go, and then I remember he met with you after the fact, which mm -hmm. then because they were rival gangs with another orc gang, which or an orc motorcycle gang, mm -hmm. and then that orc motorcycle gang heard about it and came to also meet with you. And eventually you were going to have to, like, choose sides between the two. Oh, okay. And then, like, you weren't going to be absorbed into either gang. You were just going to be, like, a sub-gang. Just, like, private contractors. 
pretty much because it's like here's the deal <laughs> you're too young to be part of an orc motorcycle gang yeah and uh, I mean, we, actually we probably could be i mean you'd have to be able to buy motorcycles i mean we could steal motorcycles you had enough trouble stealing a van. <laughs> like, we were so bad at stealing a van that Richie's character accidentally wound up with a job. <laughs> He's like, oh man, I'm going to get this van and stuff like that. And in the end, he ended up working for these people. Like, it's just... That was like my greatest achievement ever. That was just funny as hell. Uh but like and like the muscle doesn't want you to be part of their gang because yeah you're you know he actually has a soul and things yeah he's like you guys are too young for that shit doesn't want a bunch of kids getting killed surprisingly but yeah i don't know so just kind of like rewind like going back a little bit here i was just thinking so like you said like you know if you were going to do like a trader thing like you would probably do it you would probably have me do it yes like you know i've thought and I literally have thought of like five different people to do it. <laughs> like, I don't know, like if I'm just expecting more of things. Because obviously, you were on that list for sure. Because I could just give you whatever and stuff like that. But like, you know, like I'm like, oh man, my brother would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'd probably have to rein him in. Like, well, I know that my thought for this came when our gaming group was me, you, your wife, Janelle, and Richie. Yeah. And, you know, at the time, out of everyone in that group, I think you made the most sense. Probably. I was actually, I actually thought of having my wife do it. Yeah. Well, okay. just think. For, for one of them, just because I think, because I have well, such easy, con- easy access yeah. to, like, yeah. to discuss things. And, like, while your wife is a better role player than you, I don't know if she would be able to hide the fact that she is a... Although she did poison, I think he, I think he, she could. She did attempt to poison, uh, literally two characters in the Iron Claw game, and, uh, and, and, and no yourself. one knew about it until it was too late. Yeah. Well, I suppose she didn't actually succeed at her job, but no, it was kind of it was a little see through, like it was expected, but yeah, like, but still, you know, it, yeah, it was. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I think I think she could do it. I think she's top notch and everything. But yeah, like I don't know. Like I keep going. And one of the things is because I don't think I didn't think people would expect it. Mm-hmm. So like you know, it's one of those things that's like I, I can see everybody doing it. But actually, that reminds me. Like if we can get back together, I really want to try playing um, Silent Memories. I think it's the one. Yeah. Which one's that? Uh, that's that Jenga Tower game. Yeah, I'll, isn't Spiders of My Mind and Silent Memories both a Jenga Tower game? Yeah, they are. Spiders of My Mind is the Asylum one, I think. I've never seen that one, but but uh, Silent Memories is the one where you're on the, the spaceship. I haven't really looked into it. I just know that Chad so, made them. So. Okay, so the story the story of it is is that you are... Um, so all of you are crew on a spaceship and you wake up from cryo- cryo sleep there's an alarm going off that says the ship is going to explode in x amount of time you remember nothing and that's the game and literally literally like the ship is going to explode in x amount of time you set a timer and set it on the table like so like as people are sitting there arguing about stuff like the timer is ticking down 
and you you don't remember things, but as things happen, um, you start getting memories back. Like you know your skills, you know your role, and you and you you're, you can like do your skills and stuff like that. But like you don't know anything about yourself or why you're on the ship or your backstory or you know you you find a jumpsuit basically across from your cryopod with your name on it, kind of thing. You know, all right, and stuff like that. And um, you, so and you all have like assigned roles based on that. But like as things happen, like, so, like, something happens and there's, um, like, uh, basically, like, a container with slips of paper when something happens to you that's, like, not traumatic. Like, traumatic is what I'm going to say, but that's not exactly traumatic, but, like, that emotionally does something to you. You, um, uh, the GM can have you reach in and pull out a piece of paper, and it's got, like, um, a backstory or some, uh, or, like, a piece of backstory you remember or something you find on yourself that makes you remember or just something that's a complete non sequitur kind of thing like and so you start build like you start building this thing with your character and, and how those memories click in start affecting you and everything so but so silent memories is actually a it is ran by gm it's not one yeah. of the it, okay. it's a g yeah it's a gm game actually it's it's got a gm all right and it's like a horror game basically like I'd I'd play it with the the stock setting, which is the one he has with the spaceship and stuff like that, and it's 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 basically like it's supposed to be a super tense horror setting, mm. and so that's why I'm like really interested to try it because it's like, I mean, and then the Jenga tower just adds that sort of tension to it, like because you can literally see stuff start to collapse, yeah, as you're doing things, like you know, it's. It's inter- it, it's it's an interesting mechanic, and I really want to try it. Like, I think it could be super cool, super fun to play. But, um, and I just want to see what like I like the concept of you don't know who you are, and you start building that, um, that memory and stuff as you go through. Like, and the you know, the cool thing is is that you don't have a backstory. You know, it's one of the, I, this is something I've I've been seeing or like I see in games, and I really like the concept of it. Is something happens, Just and then no, and then the backstory is something you make up at that time. All right, I guess that's enough yammering. Good luck naming this episode. Uh, if you guys want to shoot us some feedback, you can send an email to thelocometa at gmail and join the Discord and with a link there um which i mean hey maybe we'll be looking for some people to play among us with us who knows uh who knows what the future holds but uh or you can head over to the patreon and shoot us a buck or something like that uh but yeah cool john anything else i was gonna use my moisture farmer peeing as my exit thing but i figured it was a good way to get us back on track so (laughs) okay we'll see you next time (laughs) see ya (laughs) 